Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to The Times. To find out more, head to thetimes.co.uk. The Tories promised to cut net immigration from the hundreds of thousands to the tens of thousands, but the latest immigration data suggests that net immigration is running at 298,000, one of the highest levels on record. Immigration is up by 54,000. Theresa May insists that it would have been 400,000 net immigration without her measures, but something has gone wrong with David Cameron's no ifs, no buts pledge on this question. And we're going to dedicate this edition of the Times Opinion podcast to this subject of immigration because two of my guests, Alice Thompson and Rachel Sylvester, both Times columnists, have been investigating this issue and it's been the splash on two days of the Times this week on Monday and Tuesday. And we're also joined by Phil Webster, editor of the Red Box newsletter. Alice, can start with you. Monday's paper, you revealed quite a lot of internal division inside the Conservative part of the Cabinet about whether this immigration pledge was sensible and should be renewed. The interesting thing is it's not just a Lib Dem-Tory split, it's a Tory-Tory split, and it does divide the Tory party. And they've always felt very strongly about immigration. We actually talked to all the Home Secretaries, apart from David Waddington, um, on both sides of the party about how they felt. And it, and it's an issue that's come and gone, but it's always there in the background of the Tory party, a bit like Europe. And it does have these very strong divisions on it. And there is a sense that big business and um, for economic reasons that there is a very pro-immigrant stance. And then you have people who are more traditional Tories who are worried more about the social side of immigration. And so you do, you do develop these splits that are different from other splits in the Tory party. Mm. It seemed, though, that it wasn't a split, though, particularly at the top of the Tory party, it almost seemed like it was all one direction. I think you mentioned George Osborne, Saeed Avasi, Ken Clark, Jeremy Hunt, Eric Pickles, Michael Gove, all having reservations about the immigration pledge that the party had made. And on the front page of Monday's Times, in your piece that uh, you wrote with Francis Elliott, an exasperated Prime Minister is said by a former strategist to have demanded, why on earth are the only people who are really committed to our policy, me and Theresa May? Well, him and Theresa May are quite tough characters, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) So they're enough, even if they're... they're, (laughs) I mean, Theresa's quite a strong character, and I think she very, very fervently believes that you need to have some sort of target, Mm. and that we interviewed her, yes, we've interviewed her 
this week for the Times for the whole series. And it was very clear to us that, that she feels incredibly strongly that if you don't have a target, things slip and mm. that you need to have a perspective of where you want to go and what you want to do it, and it, tell it, people. It, it is interesting the though, direction. that. that you have something which 75% of the British people want to think there's too much immigration. And yet it seems that at the top of the Tory party, you have so few ministers actually committed and believing that immigration needs to be controlled. Rachel Sylvester. The, I think there's an issue about competence on this because actually the problem with the net migration pledge is that ministers have no control whatsoever over many of the factors that lead to those that sort of headline figure. So whether it's European migration where there's free movement of, of um, labour or people leaving the country which is also part of the measure the ministers actually have no control over lots of the parts of this figure so mm. people a lot of Tories feel if you, you're almost setting yourself up to fail if you repeat this pledge um, to bring it down to the tens, tens of thousands because you, you're, you, you've got no power to, to meet that target. Theresa May, though, in the interview that was in Tuesday's newspaper, told you both that the pledge, as far as she was going to concern, would be renewed and student numbers would not be excluded from this. Is is this a live debate? I can't believe it is, or she wouldn't have been so emphatic and no, so public. No, I think she's... She's, at, she's, yeah, won this, she's won this battle. I think she's won the battle, and she's also made clear in the interview to her colleagues that it's not just the Home Office that's responsible for dealing mm. with immigration. You know, the Education Department has got to improve things so that the skills improve, so we need fewer mm. migrant workers. You know, that there's a role for welfare. Yeah. <laughs> there's a role for health in sorting out the doctors and nurses numbers so you don't need so many foreign workers. I think she was saying, we talked to somebody at the Home Office who said to us it was a bit like a head of the spending review. There was a kind of national union of ministers mm. refusing, you know, it's all everybody's cuts except my cuts. And with immigration, it's yes, 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 please bring down the numbers, but just not so long as it doesn't affect me. Mm. Um, I think there's, there's a frustration in Theresa May and the Home Office about the way in which some other departments in Whitehall have not kind of pulled their weight on this. Some departments and some Conservative ministers are clearly not just thinking the target is hard to meet, though, Rachel Sylvester. They're also saying they don't want to meet it. Ken Clark was very clear in his interview with you that he couldn't see how it could be met without causing serious damage to the British economy. Mm. Well, if you talk to people at the Treasury Department for Business in particular, there's a kind of liberal, conservative, free market wing of the party, which of which I think George Osborne is also a part, and people like David Willits when he was the higher education minister, people who feel that, that, that um, immigration is good for the economy, it's good for business, it's good for... But Th Theresa May is not one of them. In her interview with you, she said that immigration puts pressure on social cohesion, has an impact on public services, can also drive down wages at the lower end of the income scale, and probably could have added, puts up house prices as well. Alice? Um, I think one of the issues that we found when we were doing the immigration search that we hadn't thought about before is how big business always says that you need immigration and sound very right on and mm. very liberal about it and very appealing. But actually, sometimes they are the problem. So they're not bothering to help with the skills in Britain. They're not bothering to try and find the right people for the right jobs within Britain. They're just going outside and they will say, well, actually, if we can get the top percent, 10% mm. of Romanians or 
polls, then why bother with the bottom 10% in Britain? And maybe there is a sense, I felt by the end of the series, of thinking, actually, we should be bothering about the bottom 10% in Britain, and so should the CEOs. Mm-hmm. And that we're actually abdicating responsibility if we say we don't really care about this. These people are just mm-hmm. going to bring in people above them who can do the jobs that they can't or won't. I want to come back in a little while on the desirability of what kind of immigration policy we should have. But um, Phil Webster, if I could bring you in at um, this point, and um, I think in Monday's edition of The Times to accompany the series, we had some polling from YouGov and Peter Kellner. And which party has the best policies now on immigration? This used to be one of the Tories' strongest Mm. cards, and what the poll found was Labour still trailing in third place on 15%. The Tories hardly ahead of Labour on 17%, and UKIP in the lead with 22%. So you've seen some issues cross the political floor, if you like. Welfare has become a Tory issue, whereas previously it was a Labour issue. But Tories have lost immigration. Mm. How, how serious is this for their re-election chances? It, it's, it's very serious, and it, it, and it shows really why they cannot afford to abandon that pledge, even though it's probably unworkable. It's better to get it wrong in the next Parliament than to get it wrong now. Mm. And getting it wrong now would be to abandon the pledge now and hand a gift to UKIP. Uh, A recent Ashcroft poll had, I think, uh, UKIP at 32 and Labour and the Tories on 22, so it's similar to the UKIP poll. most trusted to tackle the issue. And this reminds me of the problems Labour had over tuition fees. Ed Miliband made a pledge four years ago and then they've been scrabbling around trying to get a policy. In this case, David Cameron made a pledge, no ifs, buts, or no buts pledge, and Mm. they've had to scrabble around and keep it even though it probably is unworkable. Having got the pledge, to abandon it before the election would send out the wrong signal to the electorate. It would send out the wrong signal to anybody who's considering voting UKIP. UKIP must be praying for Cameron to abandon that pledge. Isn't that you you say, though, that it's unworkable? Um, I think if you ask the British people whether they think... David Cameron is going to deliver on this pledge. I've seen polling in the past where I think you know something like 10% or 11% actually believe um, that this immigration policy is going to be made effective. Wouldn't the honest thing be to say, we tried, it's not worked, and what we're going to do is there are legitimate worries about immigration, about the impact on house prices, etc., and we're going to build more houses. We're going to increase the minimum wage so that people are protected. We're going to do what Alice said and we introduce more apprenticeships so that British people can get these jobs. Isn't that the grown-up way of addressing this problem rather than carrying on with a place that actually people don't believe will be implemented? It's the grown-up and honest way, but it, it's not the way I, I, I imagine will be chosen two months before the election. There just isn't time. It, it's very interesting that Theresa May uh, gave her interview to The Times after The Times had revealed the scale of discontent within the cabinet. It showed that she was absolutely determined. And her main ally, of course, in this, as shown by the lovely quote that uh, Rachel and Alice had in their piece after the first story, Cameron and May think they're together in this, but um, they're probably going to end up on the winning side in, <laughs> in terms of this internal debate. Rachel Sylvester. I think they, they need to be careful, though, because I think they could end up on the losing side in the long run because I think this isn't just actually about immigration, it's also about voters' trust in politicians and I think 
there's a sense in which when you look underneath that headline figure on the polling where 75% of people say they think immigration levels are too high, in fact, lots of different aspects of immigration people rather like, whether it's students, high-skilled workers, you know, people coming to work in the NHS, etc. What they fear and what they're worried about is that the system's out of control and they think government hasn't got a grip. So I think there's a danger of politicians in the Tory party sort of losing their credibility and fueling that sort of anti-politics mm. mood, which isn't, plays isn't, into isn't, UKIP's hands if they if they have a sort of unworkable mm. pledge. Alice Thompson, isn't this idea of control the central feature? I will put links to all uh, for Times subscribers on the times.co.uk slash comment central to all of your um, features. And I'll also put a link up to an interview I did with the New Zealand Prime Minister recently. He's just won re-election with immigration at uh, running into his country at twice the level per head of population, a Conservative Prime Minister. But I asked him about this. I said, how can you get re-elected with immigration running at such a rate? And he said, well, New Zealand does choose who comes in. We have absolute control over who enters our country. And he said, the problem is for Britain is you probably wouldn't mind large numbers coming into, as as Rachel says, look after the National Health Service, high skilled workers, if you knew ultimately that you could stop that flow when you wanted to. The problem to. for Britain is we're very different from New Zealand because we're in the European Union. So we have this huge problem about Eastern European work, which is in some ways isn't a problem. In some ways it's very beneficial to the country. But we can't stop people in Europe from coming to Britain to work. There's nothing we can do about that unless we radically change our position with you, within the EU. We're never going to be able to change that. So the only thing we can this, really change... This, of course, change, is UKIP's strong card, isn't exactly. it? They say they will leave the European yes. Union and have control and over Britain's borders. Yeah. You can be like New Zealand. But mm. if we're not going to do that, we have to look at it in other ways. And I think, actually, it's not just about how efficient we can be and how organised we can be about numbers. I think, in the end, it is about the education, about health. I think Theresa May is right in that way, that we've got to look at Britain and say, why are these people coming? We can't stop many of these people coming. Rachel and I went to Calais, they try 500 times some of these people to get onto the truck. They are going to get onto a truck mm, in the end and so get determined, here. They yeah. are you know, They have nothing else to do. That is their entire mm. life's mission and they will get there. And in some ways you have to admire them for it. Mm. But what you have to then look at is why they're coming to Britain. And we're not going to stop them in coming over to Italy or Greece either. So once they get to Britain, they're coming for jobs. They're not coming for the benefits. Therefore, we've got to say, how can we get people in Britain working again? How can we get them into these jobs? Because once they're filling those jobs, you won't have as many immigrants wanting to come to Britain. And I think that's the only way you can really look at immigration now. Can I ask you, Rachel? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sylvester, Theresa May is obviously very committed to this policy. Did you get a sense? From your interview with her, whether she, ha- she has a plan to implement this 
pledge if if she's given the wherewithal because although immigration from the rest of the European Union is up as well immigration from all over the world is up into Britain as well and that is supposedly immigration we can control Mm. She's got two or three additional controls that she would bring in which she says a Conservative government on its own without the Lib Dems would do for example she would like to have bonds that people have to put up you know cash sums if they want to come in which they'd lose if they didn't leave at the end of their stay she wants wants to force some people when they're appealing to more people to leave the country when they're appealing so they have to appeal from their home country against a decision that's gone against them so she's got some some tweaks to the system i think the real problem is that they need more resources at the home office really mm-hmm. more border staff more people to try and find all the people who've sort of disappeared into the system the big issue with illegal immigration actually isn't the people coming in on trucks from Calais although that's one factor it's the people who've come in perfectly legitimately and then overstayed something like 107 after and those, their visas. Are, those are students largely are no, they? they're not they're no. people who've come in on a sort of visitors visa of some mm. kind something like 175,000 people in the country who came in legitimately have overstayed are due to leave but haven't left and of those 71,000 the Home Office has absolutely no idea where they are mm. so that there's a feeling that the Home Office, I think they need more, they need a sort of almost like a cash injection short term to sort out the backlog, sort out the overstayers and then they can get the system back on its own two feet. But I'm not sure that any of the measures that Theresa May was talking about in our interview this week would would actually help her meet the pledge mm. because a lot of those things they, are not controllable. They will be popular though, won't they, Phil Webster? If you have in the Tory manifesto that if we have a majority Tory government you'll have to put a deposit down of £5,000, and you'll forfeit that if you don't leave the country on schedule, regardless of the pledge, that's probably a policy that voters would like. Yes, I mean, I imagine that's one they'll put up there in light, uh, because uh, to counter UKIP, all parties seem to be coming at it in different degrees from a point of view of trying to make possibly coming here less attractive. So that I suppose the main Labour policy on this at the moment is they call it stopping exploitation of foreign workers. But what they're really saying is making it illegal for employers to pay them too much uh, or pay them too little, certainly below the minimum wage that they Labour would hope that that would deter some of the people coming across. Also, all parties talking about restricting benefits for a certain amount of time. UKIP has this... uh, great policy of making people uh, sign up to private health insurance for um, five years, I think, before they, before they get in. Mm. Uh, but so that their policy is aimed at, uh, when, at when restricting you say, it only to... When you say great policy, you mean uh, impactful policy or I, wonderful I, I policy? I mean, uh, they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're much shouted about policy, yes. And, and Labour's position, Phil, Labour have made pretty hawkish noises on immigration. Is that because they are partly worried as well about their own Heartland voters leaking to UKIP on this issue? Oh, they must be. And, uh, and of course, Labour hasn't got a... Uh, one thing they do apologise for is the immigration policy that Tony Blair followed, which was uh, allowing people from the East European countries to come in, the new entrants, to come in without any restrictions, and that's the one they keep apologising for. I don't think Labour minds too much about this being up there at the moment because it's clearly damaging the Conservatives to UKIP's benefit at the moment. Mm. UKIP probably making a little bit of a comeback, I would have thought, on the back of the immigration figures and what's going on at the moment. But Labour knows that it's got to do things, which is why it's talking about uh, 
clamping down on companies that pay too cheap wages. It's talking about, I think, putting in a thousand extra border staff, uh, and it's talking about this two-year restriction on benefits. So they're trying to sound well, they are sounding tougher than they would have done 10 years ago, certainly. Theresa May, Alice Thompson, from your interview with her, how credible is she as a future Tory leader, do you think? You, you can easily see a Theresa May-Boris Johnson leadership contest if the Tories don't win the next election. And we know that Boris is probably represents the Liberal wing of the Conservative Party on the immigration issue. A lot of the people that you interviewed, could we see the immigration issue being a massive part of, of deciding who is David Cameron's successor. I think when Rachel and I interviewed Therese, we both very much felt she was like Angela Merkel in the way that she is, well, she's a vicar's daughter rather than a pastor's daughter, but she's got <laughs> that very straight, serious, no-nonsense, get-things-done. She's a real grown-up. And in that way, she is very impressive, and she probably is the right person sometimes for the Home Office because she's so hard-working and she's got this incredible... Do you think she's been tarnished, though? Because for all the complexity of the issue, and we know about that, she is the Home Secretary that has presided over one of the government's or the Conservative Party's biggest disappointments in office, this failure to meet this immigration target. The child sex abuse inquiry hasn't been handled particularly well. Her performance, is it that glittering? I think it's very hard to stay as police Home Secretary. Ele- elected must... police commissioners I mean, is another big failure in the Home Office. Yes, but on the other hand, it is a really nightmare department. I mean, as everyone always says, it's incredibly difficult to stay in the Home Office for more than sort of a year, 18 months. The turnover is extraordinary there, and she has been there for five years. Mm. So it is quite extraordinary. She stayed there, and I think that tenacity is very impressive. I think. And crime has fallen, and she's reforming the police, to be she, fair the to her. There are have, some plus yeah. sides. I mean, big her plus biggest sides. plus side has been the police. I think she's been very, very strong on the police. I think she's been less strong on immigration. I think for someone who is so obsessed by organisation and statistics, and she hasn't been as good on immigration. But I think she's she's come out as a more impressive person after five years than I would have thought. And I thought before it was all about nasty party and kitten heels. Now she's actually done a very major portfolio, and she is impressive. I'm not sure she is a party leader. I think I'm not. I don't think she'd take most of her party with her. She's not a sociable person either. She's not someone that's easy to get to know. She doesn't have a huge backbench following. Mm. She's more of a country following. Really. You agree with that, um, Rachel Sylvester? Yeah, I think Jeremy Brown, who was the Lib Dem minister in the Home Office and worked with her very closely, was was fascinating. He said to us, "She's almost that she sees herself as the guardian of this kind of provincial common sense, mm. small C conservative." You know, which of course women's is how Institute. David Cameron is seen, as opposed to George Osborne. George Osborne is sort of the yeah. urban liberal, and Cameron Where, is more of the, the provincial. And conservative. Boris, of course, is the liberal, you know, <laughs> the, uber the, metropolitan, slightly dilettante. The London Tory. London Tory, but mm. al- but also very liberal, sort of personally, slightly chaotic, private life, etc. And I think he and Theresa May are almost, they're kind of complete opposites mm-hmm. in terms so, of character, but also a, politics. It is the perfect choice, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you see Theresa, uh, Phil, as a possible Tory leader? I, I certainly see her in the runoff. Under the rules, as we know, there are only two go through... For, from the parliamentary party to the membership. I would think she's a certainty to be one of them. Uh, I think she's been on a a long march towards standing as leader for a long, long time, right back to the nasty party days. I think that was when she first came up with that remark. That was when she first really put her head over the parapet. And I couldn't help but feel, reading um, Alice and Rachel's uh, interview uh, with her, that those words were aimed 
at the Tory party. Yes, she may not have a good record on immigration, but she's had to deal with Cameron's pledge on this, and she was not going to run away from that pledge at this time. And I felt that knowing where the Tory voters stand on this, and we see that from our own mm-hmm. polls, she was talking to the, t- the Tory party as much as to anybody else on this. Uh, were David Cameron to, to go after the election, or a couple of years after, I would have thought a runoff between Boris and Theresa is is near certainty. A lot of people would line up behind Boris, but I'm not certain who would win. Mm. You and Alice have both mentioned the nasty party remark. And of course, a lot of people would think that the Tory focus on controlling immigration is a bit nasty. Some present it as keeping foreigners out. But for a lot of people, it's almost the other way around. The idea is biggest problem the Tory party faces it's seen as the party of the rich and actually being a party that um, lets immigration continue at this level is almost seen as a party of the rich serving itself we all know that the rich benefit most from having cheaper nannies and cheaper cleaners and others we know that big business likes immigration but it's not investing in as Alice said British workers and giving them the skills so that they can take the jobs something I wrote for your red box last Friday, Phil. Is that underlying this problem for the Tories, the reason why UKIP are able to jump on it? Because the immigration pledge is code, really. We're on the side of the blue-collar worker. The Tories are on the side of the big business and the rich in London. Yes, and I think in in her remarks that Theresa May may well have changed over the years from mm. when she called the Tories a nasty party. She is responding to that. UKIP are riding on the crest of the the left behind, the people who feel left behind. And were the Tories to abandon that pledge, UKIP would campaign saying that they don't really care about, you know, you're the people who've been left behind by this, the the dread word, globalisation. You're the people who've been left out, and now they're not even caring about reducing it to under 100,000, Farage Mm. would say. Mm. 100,000, you can imagine him saying it. Mm. And that's why the UKIP vote remained stubbornly in in the teens, and the Tories, I presume, are getting fairly desperate about getting it down to single figures because we're the UKIP figure at the at the moment in the polls. It's going to damage the Tories far more than Labour. Alice, the Tories we must uh, wrap up, but the Tories have six election themes. Um, I think the economy, taxes, I'm forgetting some of housing. them now, housing, yeah. jobs, immigration isn't one of them. Oh, we have Euro- them Europe on isn't one of them. What, 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 did you get any sense of yes, why that was? Yes, whenever Rachel and I do an interview with the Tory, we have asked them about this. And actually, their view is that immigration underlies each of these issues, so that when you're talking about housing, you are also talking about immigration. When you're talking about skills... Mm, that also. sounds a bit... So <laughs> like I, a I think they've been quite pusillanimous about that. I was mm. very surprised they didn't put it as one of their pledges, mm. because it obviously is one. Mm. And I think there's been a huge argument in Number 10 about just how far to push immigration. Did you get a sense that Theresa wanted immigration to be a bigger part of the campaign and she was overruled or was that not an interesting anecdote we heard from linton crosby which he describes immigration as the sort of boulder on the road to the tories economic uh, electoral success and he started off saying we've got to move the boulder in the road Mm. and he's you know they've had all those speeches about immigration talking tough lots of policies and then just before christmas linton decided actually we're never going to move this boulder it's just a total nightmare we've got to go around it Mm -hmm. so now the message from linton and number 10 is just don't talk about immigration we're moving the we're going around the Baldwin road we're not trying to move it and I think people like Teresa are sort of slightly worried that actually that looks like you're burying your head in the sand 
And just while we're recording this week, Rachel, Ed Miliband had his tuition fees policy last week. This is probably one of his biggest and boldest initiatives before the general election. Do you think it's worked for him? Well, I think that's quite a sort of targeted policy, isn't it? There's certain seats where they need the student voters in order to win the seat. So I'm not sure that it looks really... I'm not sure it really is a sort of big national practical winner because I'm not sure it actually helps the people there saying it's going to help. There's a lot of uh, marginal seats in university towns though it may help. Yeah no exactly it's aimed at those. And there's, but there I'm was certainly a red box YouGov poll mm. which had sort of I think three to one people favoured the policy. It yes. also helps them with the Greens because the Greens are very strong in so many of these university areas now that the Lib Dems are no longer viable. As yeah. a so it combats vote. that the yeah, Greens So I think surge. they're combating the Greens a lot mm. by saying that. Okay Alice Thompson. Rachel Sylvester, Phil Webster, my producer Dave McGuire, thank you very much. Thank you to you for listening and we'll be back next week. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.